On the outside, Sharp Dazzler and Meet Payati. Captain Fengel's gone, Jungle Prince has gone as well. It's on the inside, Texas Fireball, now swallowed up by Sharp Dazzler. Sharp Dazzler, appreciating the mile, raced away over the final part. Welcome to Bet Doctor, behind the curtain, look at how pro punters operate. I'm your host, Scoot. Johnny Walters here with me, up and about. I'm here. I'm here. We're early. I got up early, ready for the day. We've lost DK with the early start, so I've had to push the show a little bit uh, closer. There's uh, some really nice uh, pictures of him in his uh, pink Taylor Swift uh, concert shirt, so he probably needs a bit of a spell after a, uh, a big week at the MCG. Nico, uh, you're a busy man at the moment, but uh, pretty exciting uh, Blue Diamond Oakley Plate this weekend and uh, a little bit of Launceston all into the cup on uh, all Sunday, Wednesday double. Yeah, it's busy, busy, busy at the moment. So, uh, yeah, Caulfield. Looks terrific out on Saturday with the Blue Diamond. And then, yeah, Launceston's heating up. They've got a big meeting on Sunday with, I think, the Oaks. And then, uh, yeah, Wednesday when we do the stream, uh, we've got the, the Cup Day there, which is looking like it's shaping up to be quite a good field. So, um, not keen to, to rip into that next Wednesday, but uh, got to get through Saturday first because it, uh, it looks a tricky day at Caulfield. But, um, yeah, even around the grounds looks quite tricky as well. So, probably got to play a bit wary in a few of those races, I would have thought. Hmm. There's so much racing now later in the week that you nearly wish they'd bring fields out like Monday, Tuesday because it's like I know you like the old Monday, Tuesday semi-spell, but like Tuesday's quiet and then all of a sudden from Wednesday on, it's like you just don't stop. It's crazy, but it's good. You don't have to bet on everything, do you? The other thing is like it sort of ties into <clears throat> some of the news that's sort of just circulating around the tracks and things and Nico sort of and I were talking about it offline or in one of our private chats for the syndicate, but um. Look, with the Packenham meeting now on the Thursday night, they've got the better racing program, so they've got the Future Stars series. That makes it even harder to get the form done, I feel, like because it's on that Thursday night and then to watch it because all the fields are then out for like Friday and Saturday as well. They've sort of robbed the, the Wednesdays of all their like, well, it's like all the good to, races. It's only, yeah, they're trying to squash Wednesdays. To Kill racing degree. on Wednesdays. Yeah, that's which, what I mean. Like, fields coming out Tuesday, what does it really matter? Everyone knows what they're going to do. I don't know. It's a weird idea out of the blue, but I agree with you. Wednesdays, you just sort of, as we talked about a race in Brisbane, I, you sort of tune into the races you're involved in. Otherwise, it's just a, there's a lot of noise, especially like Sydney's. You get three or four meetings and Thursday, Friday, Friday night, Canterbury, Saturday. It's just, it's relentless. Yeah, like if you put your tinfoil hat on, you'd, you'd say it's nearly a, a blatant approach to pump packing them and then say, oh, look at look at these sand down fields. No one's really going there. They're small fields. It's garbage racing and... Let's just put a bow on it and sell it, which seems like they're going to either sell Sandown or they're going to retain it and there's no middle ground like a Mooney Valley um, revamp. It was an interesting point. Gay, Gay sort of come out again, double barrels. She's sort of the champion of not letting go of the assets. She said that no guarantee that punters will um, move their dollars away to a new track, and I think it's uh, like a great point. I think she said it the same about Rose Hill, and I, I'd sort of argue a similar case at Sandown. And I even saw when I was sort of digging around for the news stories and things like that, Ollie, Ollie mentioned in 2022 that uh, in an interview on racing.com, he just said the last thing we need is another Greyhound track in Metro Racing, which the middle track at Caulfield could be, which was a great point. And he's obviously got a lot of weight and understands it. And then. Well, it's um, like the Kenzo. The Kenzo's like max 10 runners from most. And then they put the rail out two meters or something. It's like nine runners. It's like what? You say so you're hanging, you're maxing out your fields at just over each way. So two scratchings, you know, you two places. Pretty tough. I did hear a good story about Gay, which I'll say before I forget. The apparently this lady approaches her and says, "Oh, listen, I've been trying to be heard uh, regarding the Rose Hill thing. No one listened to me." She's like, 
well, you come with me to the meeting, don't worry, you'll, you'll get heard. Wow. She's on Parramatta Council and they have not heard one thing about what? the Rose Hill project. It's never gone through Rose Hill, so Parramatta Council at all. It was sprung on them completely. And not only that, she can't be heard. So it's a very interesting, <laughs> so the process in all of these things is quite incredible. There's a, there's, it's it's really funny. I think a, a Liberal um, member of Parliament said that there's already been a memorandum of understanding got like um, being drawn up, but they're at loggerheads because there's uh, the ATC and the government. Chris Min said in Parliament a couple of days ago there's uh, irreconcilable differences, so they're nowhere near it, and it looks like it's going to get absolutely squashed by the ATC unless there's a stitch-up somewhere, but I can't see it. And it'd be interesting to see if the board at the ATC um, survives, but means Still himself. Still from the big dog too. Yeah, nothing from PVL. And Chris Min says it's on thin ice. But the other strange part is with the 25,000 homes mooted, that's a higher density than the Melbourne CBD and that's got four train stations at service and there's a fifth one going down near Flinders Street and as well. And they haven't spoken to Parramatta Council haven't spoken about to Parramatta Council. <laughs> crazy times. We live in a crazy world. But yet, yet the <clears> press <throat> release was like, well, it was nearly as big as odds and evens. It was huge. It was massive. Oh. <laughs> It is just crazy. Uh, these short-term administrators, uh, we, we nearly say it every week, but they've just completely lost touch of what's going on here and the assets are always going to hold their value and once you spend the money once, you're gone. There's no like well, imagine just changing assets. your business model slightly and not just spewing uh, cash all over the place as they are now at the moment. Well, you say oh, I'm living 10 minutes from the city, I've got no real issues, I'm happy with life, oh, let's move to... The boondocks, like it just it's, isn't it the logic test? I don't understand. Like you shouldn't need the money, and if you don't need to move, don't. And that was the other thing uh, Ollie mentioned in the 2022 article. You can find it on Twitter. Just go sand down sale, and oh, there's a video of Ollie pop up, and he said that he's he was already worried back in 2022 that racing was losing touch with suburban Melbourne. Well, yeah, a hundred percent. And then moving and putting a brand new track out at Tullamarine. Oh, it's, uh, there's no guarantee that everyone's just going to follow their money across to the what new sand down at, at Tullamarine. That sounds like an absolute doozy. Mm. Mm. Oh, gosh. I anyway, some of the problem as well is like, say, like a, a sand down, it's owned by the MRC, like, if, and you know, Rose Hill, ATC, like they're trying to get the money back. If it was more of just a, a governing body to say, like, right, it's New South Wales, like, okay, we're going to sell Canterbury or something, you know, they, 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 go, they go somewhere else. Or even in Melbourne, like you could definitely sell Werribee. Like it would be worth a stack. It's in the middle of the town and you could build stacks of houses there. Like I think there's other options from a, a broader standpoint of like the whole states to sell off racetracks in Soundtown and Rose Hill, which are probably two of the better ones. So it, it does probably come down to the, the clubs as well, having a, a massive say in how they operate in that sense as well. When you think maybe Race Victoria could potentially come over the top. And that's the other thing with Werribee. You've got the train station there. You're 30 minutes to Flemington, which is the be- arguably the best track in Victoria. And then um, you could pour more money into one of the biggest growth corridors, which is Geelong, and that's 30 minutes on the train back down the other way. So that's the people in Werribee can sort of pivot, and they've also got Ballarat. If they want to jump in the car, they can go there as well. So they've got the Colac. They've got so many options in and around that area that it probably does make more sense. And God, I don't think Werribee turnovers through the roof. All the horses, or lots of horses, break down from the quarantine areas, and you can you can figure out another quarantine area and push that somewhere else. I think it's a great proposal, Nico. And like, just the common sense from administrators is just is lost at the moment, and 
it's not just from the wagering thing. It's from like the assets. Everywhere you look, there's it's just people have got their head in the sand and no one's getting listened to that actually live, breathe and work the industry seven days a week and are invested in it, have got business invested in it. It's yeah, when your trainers and everything is so vocally against and the putters are every, it's just like everyone that is a core of the business is vocally against, against. and it just doesn't it's, it's not, not even, even it's like sides. it's a 50-50 it's a 99-1 it's a yeah it's, it's the, the decision makings I saw it because I'm an owner with obviously Britannicus. I saw an update last week and it was and like a, an industry update sent to the owners and there was it was all like happy story from Matt Welsh and things like that. But there was zero about wagering and zero about prize money and nothing about any real issues. It was fluff. Get to the sales. Go buy another horse. It was just disgraceful. Like it's, it's a shame. completely lost their way. Picking on Matty just because well he's we the know him, right? He was the white knight for us. We were thought he would be the one who would be pushing wagering, pushing innovation. And like you say, he's, he's sort of just fallen into the role. It seems a bit. It's not easy. It can't be easy. I'm not having a go at him personally. It's just no it mind. shows the way racing sort of makes it difficult to build progress in certain areas and wagering certainly one of them. But um, if he can't get it done, it's very difficult. Now our, our best hope is probably Jason Scott up here. So it'll be interesting to see what he can do. But he's covering like Greyhounds harness mm. racing. Like he's got a lot on his plate as well. Exactly. We'll have a lot on our plate next Wednesday and put something on for the punters, which is great. Get behind uh, the Launceston Cup meeting. There's a graphic on screen at the moment. So Nico's going to sink his teeth into the uh, Launceston fields uh, and control the bank. From that perspective, I'll have a look at Sandown and Gawler, uh, especially to give Nico a little bit of a chop out there. He'll still be doing the yard. So we'll be all over this nice and early on Monday. There'll be no golf next week for anyone. Uh, Donnie will have a look at Doombin. And then, uh, Walt, you're going to be uh, chiming into some uh, Haven't sold Rose it yet. Hill. It'll still be there by Wednesday. Rose Hill, we all right? <laughs> we'll be all yeah, right. we'll be right. So there you go. Something for the punters and a, uh, a six-hour look. And uh, as usual, we'll have the YouTube uh, chat group open so any questions you have about doing the form or punting or anything uh or any any talk about the rose or tracks or anything that you want to talk about we've got six hours so we've got plenty of time to answer questions and the good thing is more fields will drop so we might even preview a couple of races and sort of dig around as the field sort of populate and find a couple of bets for the weekend so 50 bucks to a thousand um spend as much or as little or don't even buy any if you don't want to and uh, we'll have a bit of a swing and we'll be betting anyway so hopefully we can uh, take some money off tristan and get you guys a little bank for uh, for next weekend's races Today's show is going to be a beauty. Uh, Don last week, Sharp Dazzle, $11, went from a maiden up to the uh, the cutest race. Outstanding stuff there. The syndicate's treading water still, so we're sort of stopping the bleeding, but we we had a half a dozen winners or so in the last sort of seven days, which is good. Two from two yesterday. We had one at uh, Strathalbyn, and then Donnie tipped one that won by about six links up at Ipswich, so that was a, a beauty. So uh, fingers crossed we can... Uh, start showing some uh, positive signs and get back in the uh, positives for the year because it's been a, uh, a sick start, as we've mentioned many times, not hiding away from the fact, but uh, hopefully the luck can uh, turn for us. Speaking of sick beats, uh, Learning Fly was uh, a heartbreaking watch for you, I thought, Walt. It was pretty funny on your kickstream. When's the kickstream going around this week? Just don't know, mate. Just sort of get on there as much as I can. During this trial thing, I'm just sort of trying new things. I think Friday night, I'll probably do Friday night, Saturday. But, yeah, it's funny. It's just funny to capture something that we do probably all the time. As soon as you tend to bag someone or point out they're not going too well, they they jump out of the ground and jam you. And it was certainly wasn't a sick beat. It went from the worst ride you've ever seen to the best and got the dream run and she just probably knocked up the big girl. But, actually, Tristan was lucky to escape a few bombs there. But um, hopefully... 
one of them will get in between now and next Wednesday, that's for sure. So check out uh, Racing Watch and head to his uh, kickstream for a uh, little bit of a look on how Walt does the uh, the form and how he bets as well. So a couple of nice little streams coming up, which is good. Uh, Captain Taz is steaming, Nico. Uh, syndicates are getting a hold of your, some of your stuff, which is good to see. Uh, an absolutely crunch there. Captain you- Taz. Captain. I'm still not over it. It was, it was a sick beat. It was a sick beat. Caulfield Saturday, Launceston Sunday. Uh, I've got a black booker in on Mooney Valley on Friday night, uh, so I'll have a quick look at that. Top Sports team, Samana and Thunderlips were two crackers last week, and Top Sport obviously betting best of the best to win 5,000 or Group 1 races. So they're the bookmaker that we trust. Australian-owned operated, no funny business, and locally supporting a lot of uh, good things in the community as well. So uh, make sure you get around topsport.com.au and uh, sign up if you don't have an account. Nico, Launceston, as he said Sunday, uh, got the double up. Uh, the first race we're going to have a look at, you found one in uh, race one. We're going to have a look at the replay. The horse is called In the Ocean. This is a 1,100-metre uh, maiden. It's in the blue with the yellow sleeves parked in behind them. Yeah, stays at 1,100 metres on what Friday or Sunday. It is. Um, and only had one trial coming into this race. The horse looming up in the, the green cap battery boards one since. I think kind of just peaked on his run here and Potentially got a bit lost out in front. You can sort of see his ears going everywhere. He just doesn't really know how to find the line. Um, Jockey's pretty soft on him late, nearly goes down by a half head. So that was on debut. He tried really well leading into the campaign. Um, and Sarah Cotton's got a team going quite well. So I think if he gets a similar run and potentially maybe something to chase for a bit longer, um, I think he'll be pretty hard to beat in what looks a weaker maiden than what he won in last start. So uh, he looks to have a few things in his favor. and. The Launceston track definitely favours horses on top of the speed more than Hobart. So I think it's probably a positive for him going from Hobart to Launceston. Um, and yeah, I, I would assume he probably starts with a two in front of his name. If he was any shorter than that, you'd probably give him a miss. But between two and three dollars, um, I think he'd probably start somewhere in that realm and should have every possible chance. Just hopefully he finds the line a bit better uh, with a bit of race experience under his belt. Anything uh, scary in the first starters that catches your eye or? Nah, there wasn't really any big danger. I thought maybe Glenn Stevenson's horse, but it did draw very poorly. So, um, yeah, I think if he's not winning, it's a bit of a, a raffle around him. So, hopefully, like I said, he just ha- takes that good experience from last start. He's a little bit weak there late, but I think if he had potentially a horse to take him to the race a bit further, he'd get the front of one way out there for a horse on debut. So, um, yeah, he might be able to uh, just hold him off there on Sunday. Hmm. Tend to agree. Good little uh, debut there. So race one, it's uh, in the ocean to kick us off down at Launceston on Sunday. Race four is the next one that you like. It's a benchmark 62 over 1,200 metres. And the horse you like here is Shim in the uh, the red with the yellow. Yeah, this was a horse who was like desperately unlucky two starts ago. Then came to this race at Hobart. I couldn't believe the price she was. She was about 30 to 1. And again, just watch her here. Just has absolutely no luck. No run there, gets chopped out of a run. It's absolutely bolting. Can't have, it doesn't have anywhere to go. Picks up late, but um, yeah, just has no room. I think this race is much weaker than what she faced there. And that was pretty much just a barrier trial. Her run prior at Launceston was even worse, where she ran up backside. She was the quickest for the two of the race. And then that horse in the Trinder colors, Gallant Warriors, who was flying home there, um, was also in her run prior, where he flew home and she probably should have finished pretty, pretty close to him there. So, She's had two long SPs and two runs where she's had no luck. Now she goes two apprentice jockeys off for Craig Newitt on. She's drawn a wide barrier, but she that might help her just staying out in clear air. And 
gee, I think she's just ready to ready to run a big race of what we've seen from her last two. I think if she had got out there, there's there's no doubt she's in the finish and probably the same with her last run. So I think this is one they could miss a fair bit. They definitely missed her last start and she didn't really get to show anything she had there. So I think she was around 30s last start. I, I'd be expecting, oh, maybe a similar price here. So um, yeah, sort of, she'll at least be double figures, I would have thought. So um Big jockey change with Craig Newitt on. I think it's it's go time there for her on Sunday. So we're pretty keen on Shim. Got to fire up her money from last start. And I, I think she can be getting the job done with a bit more luck. Mm. Who's likely favourite uh, here in this one? Oh, it's a tricky race around her. I sort of thought that there was a few horses that if they ran right up to their best, they'd be going like pretty close. But now I, I'd sort of struggle to see um one of these horses being you know clear cut favorite so i think it's a quite an even race um and i sort of thought if it's not her you're wanting to back in the race it's probably not a race you're, you're super keen to bet in given i just don't think they'll miss much at the top of the market so um yeah e- even race around her and that's why i think she can really hit back here with craig newark going aboard Outstanding. So that's uh, race four, and it's Shim, number 12. So Barry 12, but as Nico said, had no luck last two. So uh, hopefully uh, can get some clear air there. And even if, if it's a weaker race, you'll probably still get 15 or $20 or 30, even 30s if uh, they completely miss it. So fingers crossed we can uh, get the good price there. If you want to do uh, more form down in Tassie like Nico is, <clears throat> Taz Racing Form Plus Pro is uh, the best place to go. You go to tazracing.com.au and then you can access the additional replays. So you've got head-on, stewards, vision, and then you can build your own black book so you can get that to your SMS or uh, your email service. And as we said, uh, the Launceston Cup next Wednesday is the cherry on top for uh, the uh, carnival down there. And so make sure you tune in the races on Sunday for the Oaks Day and then uh, the Cup on Wednesday and uh, get to our littlebirdie.tv website to buy shares or uh, if you don't have a Little Birdie app, make sure you go to topsport.com.au and uh, head to the benefits section. And uh, as you sa- as I said, you can uh, deposit either 50 or up to 1,000 if you're a high roller and uh, we'll uh, try and get the betting bank and uh, grow down on uh, Launceston Cup Day. I think it's about, uh, it should be a big full field there down at uh, the Launceston Cup, so it should be a cracking race. Caulfield is the uh, the main event this Saturday, and it's the Blue Diamond Stakes Day. So uh, always a um, a cracking day of racing, and I haven't missed here. I got the basketball court out the front. Scotty Pippen, Horace Grant, lots of free tickets uh, hunting around. So they're going to try and max it out. So good luck to them uh, with that sort of initiative. Uh, real lateral thinking down at MRC, but uh, they're well known for that. Horace must have been over the moon to get a free trip to Australia. Like, I was a mad Bulls fan in the 90s, but I'm tipping uh, no one's heard of him for about 15 years, old Harris Grant, so Blast he'd be past. loving it. Yeah. yeah, maybe they're targeting our sort of vintage, but um, <laughs> that'd be a new one, wouldn't it? Horace Grant, everyone will be wanting Horace to throw his goggles into the crowd, <laughs> not not so much Craig Williams after Mr. Brightside saluting. Oh, geez. Well, unless, get unless, him signed. Unless, uh, what's your name? Kieran Mark comes up and right hooks him and cracks his goggles or something. They might be worth a bit more then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, old Scotty Pippen, absolute beauty as well. So uh, Pippen and Jordan, they'll be drinking. easy to spot in the crowd. That's the one good thing. Nine foot seven. Well, it is a sight to see the basketball court out there. So fingers crossed they uh, they can uh, get some new fans to racing, different eyeballs on the sport. Uh, race eight is the Blue Diamond. Odds courtesy of Top Sport. Coleman's the favourite here, four sixteen to four twenty. Had some support. Lady Camelot. They bet as much as, what, $11 earlier in the week, $4.60 now, bodyguard $5, high octane 9 into 8, Anisa $12, stay focused $15, Hayasugi 
15 Kurian Nagi, uh, $16. Matisse, $21. Traffic Warden, $26. Spywire, $31. And Fearless is $34. And then Ruta Royale, $41. So you can just see with the prices of some of these horses with a bit of talent, uh, this looks like a pretty hot and deep sort of blue diamond. And it's probably because they're all starting to duck and dive away from Stormboy. So it might be a. Uh, Pretty good addition this year, but um, let's get into a couple of replays and uh, Nico can give us some thoughts and maybe some yard comments as well. But uh, the first one, high octane, stay focused and uh, bodyguard. You see bodyguard in the, ha- in the Harren Green, stay focused is sort of doing the uh, the donkey work leading him out there and high octane's a hard luck story. Nico? Yeah, absolutely no luck. And he, he did risk to start as well. He was in the barriers and he got backed out just before they started and had to move into another barrier and just watching the vision, he just... Didn't look like he was prepared at all for the jump. Um, his head was turned to the side. So I think he's complete forgive high octane. He should have finished, I think, right alongside bodyguard if he had had the luck. And plus your factor in missing the start. Had the SP there. Um, I thought he really improved in the yard from his debut run. So I feel like he'll be one of the horses that's best suited in a higher pressure 1,200 meter race. There's no doubt bodyguard's going to be the same. There is a bit of a cloud over him though. Just in the last 10 or 15 minutes, he has... Um, face the RV vets and he has presented with a lameness issues. So um, that's not ideal if you're, you're looking to back him, but hopefully you can get over that. Um, so it, it is probably, yeah, not ideal to be backing a two-year-old in that situation. I think Esther Jarb maybe had a lameness issue leading into her Blue Diamond and um, yeah, didn't sort of fancy with her too well after that. So um, yeah, that's that's definitely a way for him. But if you, you sort of rule that out, gee, it was a big win last night, um, bodyguard. I kind of think they're the two. I think the Snowden horses, they'll be really strong weight. I think they're both going to be suited in a fast run race, which you think you're probably going to get here with Lady Camelot stepping up to 1,200 meters, even Coleman pushing forward and a few others at prices, maybe Spywise spears across from Barry 18. So, um, yeah, I thought that'd be the two best suited to the fast run race. This may be the best horse, Coleman. This was, he returned really well in the yard. He was like looking at a different horse first up. I think that late, Market move was definitely inspired by the yard. He was two sixty into two dollars ten. Um, Nisa probably didn't really participate here. She went right back and just sort of found the line. But he absolutely annihilated her in the end. Strong weight relative to the day. He did have a few things in his favour. It was a good day to be up there on top of the speed in terms of the pattern. But he was really strong through the line. And then uh, Walt probably knows a bit more about this girl than me, Lady Camelot. But um, did seem to have a few favours on this like day. She, she looks under pressure and she changes leg in about fifty metres and. You see what she can really do. Mm. This is the day d- d- sort of Donnie was half horned up and half sort of declared her. And where she here, posted here some she big, big numbers on and the off she goes there. You see, yeah. like the 150. I went back and looked at a few stats for the Blue Diamond just where you have to settle in the run. Since 2010, not one leader has won the race. So, <laughs> um, Sepoy settled second in one, but you know, he, he is an absolute freak. Um, and then, yeah, looking through a few of the others, a few of them sort of settled third, but. The sweet spot's midfield, about seven or eight back. That's where um, sort of the last 13 years, a lot of the winners have been that seventh or eighth position. So, And even the last five years, there's been a few real backmarkers like Artorias, um, Liar. They come from well back in the field. So, Did Animo went- race in the Blue Diamond? No, oh, here we go. Oh, sorry, I couldn't help. Triggering. <laughs> triggering, yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, Lady, Lady Camelot, she ran a big figure on putting for nearly 11 links above. Went five lengths above to the 600. I would expect maybe out to 1,200 sheep goes a bit quicker, just with maybe potentially a bit more pressure for the lead here. So I think it'd be quite a fast run race and 
personally, I think that makes her vulnerable, those stats, and then a few real big closes here. Um, I just thought she, she kind of, the, the rating she ran last start on quite a firm track, had the pattern in her favor, the key other runner in the race got scratched at the barriers. Like, I just can't see her sort of replicating that performance here. If she does, she's just an absolute freak to lead and win a blue diamond, probably off a fast tempo. But I'm sort of leaning the other way that she may not be in that echelon, you know, top, top echelon of the last, you know, 10, 12 years that none of those horses have done that. So, um, yeah, I'm against her later, Camelot, but I may be my, uh, that may, I may be the only one on this panel. Yeah, I, um, I've got a lot of respect. I'm sort of asleep at the wheel. I've missed multiple opportunities to try and take a position with her and for whatever reason, I've, um, yeah, I've sort of missed the boat. So good luck to everyone that's on it. $13, $11, $8.50, whatever overs you've got. But Hippo's a great booking. Um, she just has to sort of get around the corner a bit and looks like the the, the de- definite horse to run down. Just don't know a couple of these horses. Like, it's just going to be, as you say, Nico, you just don't know what's going to happen with a couple of these Colts once they find a high-pressure race. And I guess that's the beauty of these um, these two-year-old races. You don't know until they, the, the acid sort of comes on them. So it's a guessing game in terms of how they're going to respond to the pressure. But um, I, I thought Coleman was the horse that just like just watching it to my eye, I thought he was the horse who's just looked like he's gone out and had two barrier trials and done it just like so, so easy. I love him as a type, um, and even hearing Matt Laurie, the way he speaks, like I, he he's thinking this horse can measure up in a golden slipper and this is, he's not even going to be fully wound up, so that may work against him if it's going to be a, a a really tough run. But, um, yeah, I just don't think we've seen the bottom of him at all, but um, I could be completely wrong there. Uh, and it's just the, the barrier draws sort of work fallen a bit skew if for a couple of chances here, but um, interesting in Walt's thoughts. Yeah, so I, I, yeah, I think four sixty is probably we're talking four sixty now compared to you. So eight dollars was much more attractive. But I talking to Hippo, she galloped the other way, got on her right leg, did everything he wanted to do. She's um, you know impressed him. I think the sort of draw helps Hippo. Doesn't know Caulfield that well. Patton will obviously be important because you know where she's going to be. You know if she's not leading, they're going very fast. The way I look at it, like I think I think she'll win, but. The way she's going to run the race is is exactly sort of Nico said. It's going to be a test. Even if act of God she gets some sort of good control, she's going to take advantage of that and sort of take off. She's not going to sit there and wait. So no matter what, this is going to be a testing test. The problem for Coleman um, and Anisa to a certain degree, 1,000 to 1,200, very difficult to do. I loved Coleman's win just because he sort of dropped the bit there before the bend and then ground away and then found gears and and through the line he looked like he was just going to build so 1200 doesn't look a problem off that but still that platform thousand to 12 up against one of gays who's you know got a grounding before that 1100 meter run run a fast time obviously has to go away from home and do it again but still has you know it's you're going to have to be a very good horse to overcome it i'm not a big fan of the, the snowden horses in comparison i just thought didn't really think they were that sort of looks sort of sit sprinty, not sure if there's substance to the form. Like even stay focused was a better run than I thought than Guard the other day. Bodyguard or strip fitter, but stay mm. focused just does a lot wrong. Now he's drawn fifteen though. Who's that stay focused? Well, he's not. I don't. That's what I'm. I'm sort of saying that form line is a bit of a problem. Even trunk that sort of got beat by stay focused. All that's a bit wish washy. So if you sort of line it back up with Lady of Camelot, I'm, I'm happy to take them on. 
Anise is the one I think that did did have a barrier troll there. It has to do the thousand to twelve hundred, but Moody's just you know, I love Moody, you know, and I think this horse, if if they go crazy, that sort of three wide line, sort of where Nico is saying that sweet spot midfield with the trail, that may be where Anise is. And I thought just at the prices, if I'm on Lady of Camelot at the eight dollars early, which I am balls deep. Um yeah, I, I'm going to make an easier winner and I'm probably going to chop out on Coleman just for absolute sanity's sake because he could be a very, very good horse. And if the Snowdens beat me, they beat me. And then, yeah, it's it's actually a really good race. because Great spending race. Yeah, and you've got like Matisse that did a good job the other day, sort of green, but if they go too quick, it could be running on. There's a few of those horses are fearless when I came. Sydney was a funny ride behind Prost. Yeah, there's a lot of angles to the race if you want to be around the favourites. It's a it's a great race, but uh, I'll go down swinging uh, with Lady, Cam- Lady of Camelot and Anisa. Mm, it's an interesting one. Obviously, Nico found Matisse last time, and well, boy, it was some sort of run. But then Lane sort of whether he is pre-book with Anisa, I'm I'm not sure. I, I assume possibly, and you just don't know with some of these jockey bookings. You try and figure them out, but um, sometimes you don't know the full story. But Anisa and Matisse could get absolutely suck runs, and there's definitely something there with those two runners. But usually I've got a really a really good handle on some of these races, but oh, there's just so many good angles in this one. and Lightly raced horses yeah. too that you don't know. Caulfield, how's it going to play? It's, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a you really – You get a good price for whatever your, your opinion is. Well, this is a great betting race. This is the example of a great betting race. Mm. So, Nico, to, to sum up, free bet, you're backing high octane. My octane, yeah. If you give me a free bet, yeah, free bet. I'd probably probably back Coleman, but I'm very very frightened that. What price is it now with the firms? Are the others still at sorry, five bucks ish or something? Who's that? Which Coleman? Coleman four four twenty. Yeah. You're probably going to get five you'll get, bucks. I reckon you'll get five dollars a field. Yeah, he'd be the one, and especially that Matt Laurie has come out and said that he's left something in him. I know Mellon's a bit of a cocky bugger, but he's not normally that cocky in the media, and for him to speak the way he is. is you know, you can only take it as a positive. I, I don't think he's one that wants to go out and look like an idiot. So the horse must be pretty special. It's an interesting one with um, Mark Zara too because he sort of made a couple of funny comments about bodyguard and high octane. He, he sort of said that he's already been locked into bodyguard and so he, he's, he sort of said, oh, well, I've, got, I've, sort of got, I've got it right both times up until now but hasn't really been. He, he He's sort of just stuck with bodyguard. It's not like he can get off to go to ride high octane by the sound of it. A lot so, of cult deals. Yeah, that um, – that, that puts a little bit of a query for mine on on bodyguard because he had everything go his way bodyguard didn't he? He did, but you you, you had the feeling it was a bit of a, a Snowden lead up barrier trial. Didn't really care if they won. Still got and it. High octane was the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they were both sweet to get in this race, so I don't think there was high pressure on them to do anything there. So they will improve. So I can see where Nico's coming from. I'm just sort of you got to take a line avenue and yeah, we'll see. Absolute cracker. So uh, we've got our tongues wagging and it uh, looks like uh, one of the uh, all-time blue diamonds. So fingers crossed it uh, it becomes that way. And uh, obviously, Lady Camelot's going to be up there in the vanguard and absolutely uh, pouring the pressure on. So it's going to be a cracking race. Make sure you uh, tune in and have a bet on that one. Corfit Race 9 is the next one I'm going to have a look at, the uh, the Oakley Plate and uh, another race that historically they go like cut cats in. Also, King's Gambit's the favourite here, 440. S4 or 550. Shripper is $9. Benedetta, $9. Ray Magnerio, 10 uh, Kalos is $11, Hypothetical 12 Recommendation 15 Q-Man uh, 16 a Jim, Sahail $19, Brudenell $20, Skew If, 
Uh, $21, then you got Mornings and Glory, DK's Horse, Chain of Lightning, and Lempicker uh, rounding out the market. Uh, the horse that uh, we go through a few replays here, but uh, Nico's a bit keen on Ripper, who's one at Caulfield, one track and trip, but this is him at uh, Flemington. This is just a demolition. Uh, I started even money and absolutely raced away from I think the key to this horse has been Craig Newitt. He's looked like a new horse ever since he jumped aboard within the left hand. So he's been a horse that's had a real tendency to lay in, even since his recent trial. He wanted to lay in with Kayla Crowther on. So I think Newitt's been the big positive for this horse. I know Crosshaven and Curran probably aren't up to this sort of grade, but he absolutely annihilated them there. I think he probably just blends into the running line. He's got a huge shirt of foot. And he just seems to be peaking at the right time. The chick over trial was great. Um, he brings in the residual fitness over the summer, and then you can really tie him in through hypothetical last campaign, two guys, Furrows and Co., where he didn't have a whole lot of luck on a, a day he had to be on the fence at Caulfield. Um, Here's hypothetical this is just pouring it on as in the light blue and Kalos down the outside. Kalos is pretty stiff to be top weight in Oakley played off winning this, but. I thought Asfura could have paraded a little better on the day. She's, I don't know if she's come back that well this campaign. Ooh. I know she was only just beaten here, but um, under the race shape, they didn't go super fast, and she was probably in the right spot there. So uh, as a whole, I'm just kind of petting that race. I just can't get near any of them. I think you know horses like Trooper, even better Detta, bring in potentially a better line of form. So uh, Caulfield 1,100-meter meet. Uh, 1100 meter lead up is a big tick for those horses, but um, I, w- I was happy enough to be around that race and sort of look for a bit of different form away from what is the usual lead up the Riverton. So, uh, yeah, I sort of went looking for Sharipa, and I thought the other horse that has to be in place, Benedetta, she's off, um, you know, gets in very well under the weight scale with the mare's allowance. She's got a big turn of foot, that four mask camera and pain around Snow Patrol, um, Star Patrol, sorry, King at Sparta, just reads very well for this Oakley plate. Like this Oakley plate is probably unless Sharipa comes out is a you know comes out and becomes a group one horse, um I would say it lacks a bit of quality and class. So for a Billy or a mare like her that's already been to some good levels, winning group races, I think she's um she's pretty deadly here fresh and Sharipa just could be the best horse. Um he's actually quite well weighted at fifty five kilos given he's won two stakes races his last two runs. He's absolutely bolted in both of them. Um, and the handicap probably just hasn't been able to hit him hard enough given that, you know, I would, I would say most people might have him ahead of Kalos at this point in their career and Kalos hasn't really won anything of note and he's got to carry top weight here. So, um, yeah, I think he's actually still quite well in given his last two wins. So yeah, I'm pretty keen sure for Benedetta. King's Gambit's obviously the horse that's going to draw a lot of attention. I think the big way for him is the inside draw. He's going to be standing in the gates for a long time. He's a horse that never jumps while <laughs> out of the barriers. Even in his trials recently, he's jumped poorly. And then he's got a real issue of skew if, who is a noted barrier rogue. Um, if she goes in, if they don't load her in late and she goes in early and has to stand, she's in three, he's in one, and stand near him. If she goes off, he'll definitely go off. So I think he's he's got some issues there just getting out of the gates. If he does jump away and sort of puts himself in the box seat or something, He'd be a little bit worried, but just with the my prediction of him, you know, he's shown no time in his career that he's a good beginner. So I doubt that's going to change on Saturday. Um, yeah, I was I was happy enough to be around him, uh, around Espuros. So that kind of left me with Shrupa and Benedetta. So I'm I'm probably betting up those two. 
Very good insights there, Nico. And uh, on Asfura comments, the uh, the whip with Craig Newitt, and uh, definitely King's Gambit. That's uh, that's 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 why you're in this in the side. Well, oh, no, what are you thinking? Here? I'm keen here because I can agree with Nico after I'm going ahead. <laughs> here we go. No, I, I agree. And the one thing um, I, I'd add to Shripper is it. it it actually thrives on like crazy fast tempos and has, has the ability to kick off. So uh, I couldn't agree more. I think that sort of wide draw, you know, touch wood is probably ideal because you don't want him sort of leading, but you just want him blending there somewhere and then exposing and hitting the line and, and whatever runs past him probably wins. And going like deep into it, I agree. Like, so I think we were back in Kalos at Warwick Farm midweeks with 58 about 12 months ago. So I don't understand how the heck he's ended up uh, top weight in a Oakley plate, but I guess something has to be. And but he is fifteen dollars or something. I, I just thought that was silly, just because of where he's going to be. You know, he's probably going to blend and get that same run he got there. And if they do go crazy, it does seem a silly price. Like I'm definitely not knocking him. Whereas as for a, I don't know how the hell it can possibly win off that run. It needs to improve out of the uh, out of this world. The 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 chases are all. 1400 meter horses i think like they're not really they've got turn of foots but they've got turn of foots over 1400 like benedetta and even chain of lightning's not really i don't think a, a sharp horse uh what's the other there was another one in there somewhere i can't remember but it uh it just doesn't look like oh sorry a benedetta and the, what's the other there's another first up horse in there that tried it didn't jump out that well king's gambit's the one that can make us both look silly and i agree with nico one million percent it can it'll it'll do everything right it's three back defense get a split and win by three or it will be an absolute seven-car pileup, and there probably will no be no in between. So, you know, it's up to you whether you want to want to take the odds for that. With with the added, I think that's great information. Skew with being a, a nutter in and the inside draw, no one really thinks about that in a in a fifteen-horse field standing in the gates for you know four or five minutes when you're when you're a hothead. So, um, yeah, great information all around. But I agree, one million percent stripper looks. Clearly the horse to beat, and I, I will have something on. Oh, sorry, Skew if was the other horse that um, has jumped out and is a 1,400-meter horse, very similar horse to Benedetta. Mm. Uh, I was just looking away for it, but I, I've got to have something on Callus just because of the price. What do you make of um, a horse like Brudenell? He's just it's had a really strange is preparation. That, it just makes you laugh. Like you, Unless you approach strange the race without seeing the name of it, that you're talking about Brudenell in an Oakley plate, but... Uh, there's too many of there's too many Brudenells in this race. Recommendations Brudenell, hypotheticals Brudenell. There's like three or four Brudenells that are all going to expose each other. You would think, hmm. and I, I I think Nico's on the right track as in found a horse on the up that's just a little bit better than those horses that's kind of profile similar. Yeah, I um yeah I'm a little bit confused with this race to be um to be br- brutally honest. I, I, I more the most confusing preparation is probably Brudenell. I just can't figure out. What they're doing or where they're sort of going with that horse? Can't knock them for having a shot though, can you? It's a, it's, no. it's an interesting one. And if any, like Kings Gambit, what's it got? Fifty or fifty and a half or something? Car coming up for two trials at least. At least you know it was a plan. You know, mm. interesting. Yeah, I wasn't. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know that she had her best prep last last time in Benedetta. The the preparation before, I thought this horse could be absolutely anything, but. I just thought she was a little bit below par, um, and I don't know whether um, 
Jason Warren sort of had plans to to race her in a couple of races at Mooney Valley, then sort of jumped off a, on a different page and changed her sort of setups. She was, and then started to avoid a horse like Imperatrice. Or I'm not sure what's ha- what happened to her, but um, she's probably the horse that appeals to me. Sort of um, off, off off a couple of just funny runs, like as Nico sort of said that Star Patrol and um, the Silver Eagle run. I thought they were sort of okay, but. Um, she doesn't mind Caulfield and um, down at 53 kilos, I thought maybe she was the big improver. But uh, love the anger with Sharippa. And, yeah, I can't really add much more to that. So I'll, I'll probably have to back Sharippa and um, and save something on Benedetta. But, um, gosh, it's a uh, it's a handicap puzzle that, yeah, I just can't quite get my head around. But um, Nico's Mounting Yard Mail will be an absolute uh, must-buy for this weekend. So um, you heard the insights with Asphora and obviously those uh, those Colts that run around in the Blue Diamond. It'll be critical for those as well. So uh, pretty cheap uh, to get a hold of that. And that's only 25 bucks a week, so make sure you snap it up for uh, the rest of Feb and all of March. So just head to littlebirdie.live if you want to get Nico's Mounting Yard Mail. And it uh, should be a great day out at... Uh, Caulfield on Saturday. Uh, no DK, as we said earlier, but uh, there's a horse that I sort of have in my uh, black book, and it's uh, Friday night at Mooney Valley, and this won't surprise Nico because uh, I spoke to him about this horse on uh, in our um, in our chat room <clears throat> sort of last week, and we we almost pulled the trigger on it actually to for for a syndicate bet and. Um, Christ, it looks like it's gone off anyway. Mooney Valley Race 4, number 10, is uh, the horse. It's called Rise of Dawn. It's 2.30 into 2.10 at uh, at Top Sports. Zambagini's $4, $7.50 Warlord. Slain, $11, $12 Brooklyn Boss. And then you got Regal Zeus and Jupiter. But uh, I've been quite taken by this horse, Rise of Dawn. It was sort of two, $2.90, $2.70 uh, earlier this morning. But, uh, yeah. Price has gone off completely here, but this horse has got uh, form around uh, ambassadorial. His first ever start at Werribee, they went like uh, they went so so quick, and this horse just held on. And he actually put a hole in him, so one by three. Then he came back to uh, Sandown and was sort of a little bit lost, and um, still sort of hung on. Got beaten a length, didn't really know what he's doing. They put him away, and then he come back on packing him and sort of stacked him up here, but sort of just ran away like a uh, a good horse and. I just don't know what the, where this horse can go to. I think he could be um, a bit of a talent here. He's drawn barrier one, gets 1600 at Mooney Valley. Uh, the $3 was a great price, but I've sort of lost my chubby a little bit uh, with the $2.10. I've sort of, yeah, the, the wind sort of come out of me, but I thought he was uh, one of the better bets at Mooney Valley uh, tomorrow night. Zambagini, sort of know where his level's at, Warlord, Slain. I thought he could just get full control from barrier one and, and be really hard to, uh, hard to run down, and there's just something, a bit of X factor about this horse. Yeah, it was a good win first up. It wasn't a pass for a race, so no. it did have a few things in his favour, but um, sticking up to the mile, I think, would, would definitely suit him. He's probably just going to put two runs together. I think that's probably the only knock with him taking a short price, like just dropped off a bit second up last campaign. But yeah, there's a, there's a few here that you know they're level when he could be a horse that's, you know, maybe a Saturday class horse where I don't think any of these are. Mm, exactly. So a little bit of 250 around if, uh, if you can go shopping there. So... Um... Still uh, a bit of a banker, hopefully, on uh, Friday night at Mooney Valley. Let's keep pushing on. Need a uh, short, sharp show here. Puntingform.com is uh, what I use. So uh, tiptoe all around the place. Uh, New South Wales, Brizzy, uh, Adelaide, uh, look into Mooney Valley, anywhere. Uh, So make sure you choose puntingform.com.au. 
your number one form guide and you can watch your uh, your tape watching skills and uh, marry up your data so you know uh, whether a horse has gone fast or slow and then you can figure out whether it's going to be suited at its next start. Uh, big day at Rose Hill on Saturday. Walt, you got uh, seven mil between sort of now and Saturday and uh, really turn the corner here. The Silver Slipper is the first race we're going to have a look at. And odds courtesy of Top Sport. You've got uh, Espionage, $2.30 favourite, Straight Charge, two seventy. dollars Cube, $7.00, Embassy, $8.50, Celerity, $12.21, Gatsby in from $31, and Gaze Artist, $21. These horses are trying to put themselves up in billing for the Golden Slipper in a month or so's time. But uh, the horse here that you like is Straight Charge. This is the horse that was... Uh, Going to be the big rival to Stormboy uh, from all the talk out of the Waterhouse yard. It's in the green here with the uh, the pink cap. Pretty dominant win here, and we'll show its trial next. But um, yeah, probably would have gone around a favourite in the Magic Millions off this. I know Stormboy has already won the race, but I think he would have gone probably dominant favourite uh, against Stormboy off the off a Brisbane win versus this win, and I think sort of sixty days between did have a little setback where he had to have a, a bit of antibiotics or something. So that was what put him out of the. The Magic Millions, and then before this trial, I think he was a little bit in the wilderness. They weren't sure whether he was on track or, or um, you know, whether maybe the slipper had come a bit soon. But I think this showed that he's he's back and he, uh, he he's sort of ready. And I just think having that sort of preparation, that run, a little fresh, in, and then this trial, he's just sort of a little bit more on the front foot than than Espionage is for this race in particular. But uh, yeah, like a pretty effortless trial there, really fast time. I am concerned, like the weather is a bit of an issue. Don't No one really knows what we're going to cop. And you've got really hot, like 31 today, 36 tomorrow, mm. and then rain potentially on race morning. So it's just an absolute nightmare. But if it does arrive, I've got no real issue for it for straight charge. That wide draw, it'll roll forward. Probably Embassy's the only flying the ointment drawn under it, whether it's going to sort of kick up. But you'd think they'd be happy to... They don't want to torch that horse, I wouldn't imagine. So they'll they'll probably let Tim dictate. And you know, Nash is known for being ready for grand final day a little bit, Nash. So I don't think he's going to be too concerned. I'm not going to say he's giving his horse a barrier trial here under any circumstances, but I, I think he's going to look after it. If the runs present and, and he gets to the middle and wins, uh, he, you know, he, he won't be stopping it. But I don't think this horse is is there to, to bust itself either espionage and, and Nash is not one to sort of jam it and uh, and put it to the stable mate or anything like that. So I think they're both massive winning chances for the slipper, let alone this race. And, you know, if you're if you're interested in betting early, I think straight charge is 25 to 1 to win the slipper. So if I'm having something on it here, I'm having something on it there and and I think I'm having something on espionage at sort of $15 as well. I think Gail have a stranglehold on the slipper after this race. Outstanding. Nash is uh, in the wilderness a bit. We'll talk him into a bit of form. He's just going at the moment, but he's got a strong book of rides. He's got Belvedere Boys in race two. He's got Straight Charge. He's on Tom Kitten. He's going awful, isn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. Then none of the, those horses are at their grand final. That, that's the only worry. And he is, uh, yeah, he, and none of them need to win on Saturday. So uh, maybe Belvedere Boys, but I, actually, I don't think it does. It's probably just going to the wild card of the. Of the um, the country championship, but uh, yeah, it's short enough. But yeah, yeah Nasho is a he's a good man. He's a great rider. I'm not saying under any circumstances he'll be doing anything strange here, but I just think that of the two stable mates, Straight Charge's got the fitness, it's got the gait to be positive, and and uh, if SBH runs it down, I, I think it'll clearly be the horse to beat Stormboy in the slipper. So that's what my play is here. Something small, Straight Charge here, 
backing them both to win the slipper uh, because I think they'll both run really well. Outstanding. All right, Rose Hill Race 8. Let's talk about uh, Tom Kitten on the Hobartville Stakes, Group 2, 1,400 metres, cracking race this. Uh, he's $3.20 favourite, top sport. NCAP, $6.00. La Vampire, uh, $7.50 to Cass, $8.00. Celestial Legend, 8 Fukubana uh, from Brizzy into the deep end here. $9.00 gets J-Mac. He-Man, $13.00. Sierra Wolf, $18.00. Gambare, $21.00. Flying Trapeze, Raff Attack, and uh, Cafe Millennium last draw round out the betting here. Let's have a quick look at one of the lead-ups, key ones, is the Eskimo Prince. You've got uh, Tom Kitten uh, just uh, out the back, and then you've got NCAP, Celestial Legend uh, inside. Interesting, he's drawn outside this time around, and then you've got... Um, Macarena charging down the outside. Yeah, Calibus is the one that uh, proved sorta... a bit disappointing in front. Hmm. But uh, yeah, like, probably this is from here is the most important part. You see that Tom Kitten basically gets dropped there when they sprint, and uh, Celestial Legend's not in the best spot either back towards the inside. So you know a hard fit Caballus, and then there's Tom Le- there's Tom Kitten doing his thing through the line, and uh, Celestial Legend trying to warm up as well back towards the inside. It's a super weird race. This you got sort of. Gay got uh, Raff Attack, Gambare, and uh, I think she's got another one in there somewhere that's first up. Maybe she doesn't. And Levon Pierre's had the run. So they head forward. I thought Raff Attack and Gambare certainly trialed like they definitely want further. So do they let Levon Pierre lead? I would say so. That helps it. Um, Tom Kitten probably, again, this is not its grand final. You saw there he sort of got dropped in a sit sprint 1,200. I don't think he's going to be anywhere near suited at 1,400, especially from a low draw. Mm. So then you go looking for who's going to run on. Ducas has won a, a maiden last start. I know Redbreast came out and won a maiden at Hawkesbury yesterday and ran the fastest time in the world on a heavy nine um, yesterday. But still, is that the right form? And it's a little bit similar to Tom Kitten, sort of drops the bit. Do you want it to be looking for runs inside? So. Fukubana coming off a 1,200-metre win at Doombin where it was good through the line, but is it only half its price because of James being on it? Uh, I didn't think He-Man trialed like he was no, ready to see a wolf trial like he's going backwards. So you, the horse that you just find naturally is Celestial Legend, and my only question on him is if he's half a run short just because Les only gave him one trial into the 12, is he setting him for the Rose Hill uh, Ramwick Guineas, mm-hmm. that 1,600, uh, 1600 third up? If he's jammed a bit of work into him, 850s just seems ridiculous and it's the only horse I can back happily. I think NCAP will be near its top, yep. but it needs to be and I think 1,400 metres as far as it wants. So he's a, it's a little bit like Portelli last week. Um, that horse, Komochi, had a long prep, so had that residual, trialed okay, sort of was ready for that mm. out tough, the, uh, what, what's our, learning to fly late. And Cap might do the same here. So I think Celestial Legends a bet at $8.50, whether it knocks up uh, after being set too big a task or whether it's sort of – I think it could actually win well uh, if it's it's up to it fitness-wise. This is sort of its D-Day. I think Tom Kitten will do exactly what it did there, run really well, but he's looking for the mile and and Ducas pokes up the inside and jams you. It's a bit like um, King's Gambit in the the Blue Diamond. It, It could make you look silly late. Levon Pierre up on the speed could run a race, but if it sort of holds on, I think it's because it's been a poor race, not because it's a it's a it's a very good horse on the up. It just looks well suited here. So, yeah, Celestial Legend for me, and I'll probably save on NCAP just so I don't get the double Portelli uh, pineapple two weeks in a row. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'd probably free bet. I'd probably back NCAP, but it's not a race that I 
want to get too tangled up in um, just yet. You just got to get. You kept getting. You kept looking and looking and looking, and it's just not a grand final for anyone. Uh, and then the, the sort of setup horses are potentially like Ducass and Encap probably, and Celestial Legend if he's just come on from that run. Mm. You want to see him do something. He, like he should be four fifty five dollars, I think, and you're getting double the price. Yep. Any thoughts on any of those Colts, Nico? No, a tough race. I, I think what raises a really good point about, you know, grand final day, you, you'll even see that in Melbourne with the Peter Young and a few of those other races. Like, they're just lead-ups. So you can't get too involved in them because nothing's really there fully cranked up to win them. So, but um, you get something yeah, to do because like, the things at the top of the market aren't there. <laughs> yeah, so it's a, it's a, they're great races to explore. I think Buenos de Chess is a prime example of that last week. Like, he's probably the best horse in that race, but he goes back to last. Gives King a spider too big a head start, and just the way the race shape worked out, he could he could never win. Like you're repricing that race, there's no way you've got him odds on. So um, that's up. probably he pulled up a, bit, pulled a bit lame. Yeah, no, I, I laugh. I'm not big laugh. It's not funny, but they had an inquiry into that. Like anyone, exactly what you're saying. Like they're talking TJ's new markets, England. So the horse is not at his peak. You know that Nash is going to be a little bit kind to him early, if nothing else, and then Brock's chopped him off. Uh, and got reprimanded for it. So, like, he maybe should have stuck to the back of the winner uh, in hindsight. But, yeah, it's exactly the same. It's just all about intent and grand finals, and you sort of have to be able to factor that in pre-race. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's it's remarkable how many people don't read, sort of read the stewards' reports. Well, Jimmy Star, didn't Jimmy Star throw a plate as well? And and he and he, shoe, yeah. and he yeah. was banging on into the wind as well. So he had, he had the wind hitting the whole time. But none of these turkeys have mentioned any of that. I think the dollar twenty five is what sent that insane. I don't think it's probably the last thing that we need to talk about. It's been over talked about and over talked about. But um, but again, mm. another, another horse that wasn't his grand final. Like his grand final yeah. is the All Star uh, Mile. And that and that was that was why I was thinking of it. Well, they, he's had excuses. Wasn't grand final. Um, so he's mile off. Done. Had the shoe. Had the wind hit him in the face. And like. So if if, if Craig Williams drags it ten off the lead, runs home and gets beaten three, does Mark come out after the race and say he was happy with the run because he's not on? He's now he's on track for his grand final. It's it, that's why it's so ridiculous. I think from a punter's perspective, you couldn't be angry with the ride. Yeah, uh, but if they had different intentions, it's up to them. I think yeah, and, and people just need to have a good look at the stewards' reports before they sort of spout off and come up with all these the silly ideas and sort of theories. But one thing I will say is that the Victorian stewards' reports are ten times better than what's going on in New South Wales. They barely ask a question in New South Wales, and it's that's well, they're so like, inconsistent. Yeah, well, they don't even ask questions about certain like runners that just seem bleat like bleedingly obvious. But at least Victoria has a bit of a crack and there's a lot more effort from the stewards down in Victoria, I will say. So, yeah. Anyway, mm. it's a uh, there's a bit of a nightmare, all that sort of stuff as well. All, all, all three major states need to pull their socks up uh, in regards to that. Wouldn't happen in Adelaide. Adelaide stewards are doing a good job. Mate, if Ma said that in Sydney, you would have got a $20,000 fine and whatever. There's no consistency across any of yeah. the states. It's a very strange game at the moment. Someone who loves a stewards report is our man uh, Donny last week, Sharp Dazzler. Cha-ching. Let's see what he's got uh, for Saturday. G'day, lads. Sharp Dazzler was good last week. This week, we're going to Doombin, race four, number 10, Street Chase. Loved its two trials. I think it's going to be the strongest in a race that looks where there's a lot of speed on paper. So they'll burn the turf. It should be the strongest late. 
around the $5, $5.50 mark looks a great bet. So I'm with race four number 10. All right, so uh, Donnie's gone uh, race four number 10, street chase. So first starter, uh, Stuart Kendrick and Jim Byrne, drawn barrier one. So if you can trust Jim Byrne from barrier one, uh, it should be steaming in because uh, Donnie's uh, on fire again. Uh, it's time for the uh, top spot steamers, which have been seen pretty well. As we said, two winners last week, uh, Samana and Thunderlips, so good going there. This week, uh, first bet is uh, race seven, number one. This could be Nico's cash, 20000 at $1.50 on Mr. Brightside. I did, did see something amusing the other day. He said, if uh, if Jimmy's going to start $1.25, how good a bet is Mr. Brightside at $1.50 here at Caulfield? That's an interesting way to price things up, but um, twenty thousand dollar fifty looks okay. Looks like a nice, nice little bet. Should just be winning, shouldn't he? So, um, should improve off the first up run. Of course, we saw in the yeah, I think it was probably the biggest I've seen him in condition for the first up run. So, um, so also I got a pretty good handle on seeing him in the last three seasons, really. So, uh, yeah, he, he'll only improve. So, good luck to the punter uh, parting with their cash there, but I think they're getting the W. There, race eight, number eight, high octane. This is Nico's thousand at uh, six dollars fifty. So big support there, and then uh, uh, race eight, number thirteen, Lady Camelot. So four hundred at six dollars fifty. There, so a couple of horses that we think have got massive chances there. And the last one is Rosal, race four, number five, Gatsby's one hundred at thirty one dollars. I think this is. So we talked about that race, but this Chris was actually Waller and Tommy Berry. Yeah, first starter, beautiful long looking thing. Like it's a, it's got. A little bit of Devana about it, who was his runner last week that started like 150s and possibly should have been in the finish. I thought this trial might have trial behind Espionage, like a, a rocket. The second horse in that trial came out and was heavily backed and didn't do a lot. But this thing then trialed again since and not fast time, but sort of hit the line under its own steam. And yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if it ran a race at, at odds and then, you know, came into calculations for races like the size and things like that. It's a it's a beaut- I'm definitely not knocking that bit. A $220,000 brother to Group 2 winning juvenile. Let's be glam for all the breeding buffs out there. Mm. Snitzel out of Miss Charming. Mm. Mm. That's great. Nice cult. <laughs> He's a nice cult. <laughs> I love big, long neck, especially Snitzel. So it's, uh, yeah, it's an interesting horse. A little bit of a uh, sprinkle of rain will uh, be beautiful. The Snitzels. Snitzels love getting their toe in, don't they? Do they? They do. You're telling the story. Stats, man. They do. Yeah, you're telling the story. <laughs> they don't mind a wet track. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't go too well in the wet. Nico would play footy good in the wet, I reckon. Good wet how, player. How many offers? Any more offers since the yeah. last show? No, I'm I'm nearly signed up, so no, oh. definitely definitely not a wet player. Can't, can't pick the ball up off the ground. <laughs> <laughs> Got to give you the chest or something. I'll just have Nico one out the square in the wet. He just pushes his opponent yeah. one hand into the mud. Seems sliding Bang, off. see you later, mate, and then you just sit there on the chest. <laughs> Jay Dunstall Actually, if the next time I get Melbourne could be on a plane to watch Nico play, that could that could inspire that, that me might to get be back right. down. A couple of cans to sit out there, have a couple of tinnies. Go watch Nico play. That'd be good. Too like much that. pressure. Too much pressure though. No, you would be right, mate. Pressure builds diamonds. Blue diamond, blue diamond this Saturday. Go watch Scotty Pippen and Horace Grant uh, play basketball, catch the goggles, and just uh immerse yourself in the punt. Get Nico's mounting yard mail. If he's sick enough, watch uh, Walt's kick stream on Friday. And then we'll talk about it all on the uh, the live stream on the uh, the Wednesday for Launceston Cup Day. So it's going to be a monster weekend of racing. And I might have to do like a, a, a live stream of your live stream or watch part, sit there like abusing you, you know, like the stuff like that. We could like let's just stream it to death. It's going to be awesome. I'll, I'll be uh, I'll be I'll be taking part. Rose Hill, 
What a great idea. Mm. All right. Hopefully, DK will join us uh, next week. We'll be back to the usual program. I'll be uh, out of the Melbourne studio and uh, can't wait. So big weekend of racing. Good luck.